test your might. Finish him. Hey everybody, welcome to Sequelitis. Welcome to Sequelitis. I'm Matt. And I'm Manny. And we're here to talk about Mortal Kombat. That's right. Round <laughs> one. Fights. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> Finish him. <laughs> Uh, so to specify, we're talking about the uh, 2021 movie, um, but we are going to uh, touch a little bit on both the 1995 and uh, the atrocious uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also watched, I want to say maybe the first half of uh, Mortal Kombat uh, Scorpion's Revenge uh, animated film that I think was released last year. I don't know if you saw that at all. No, I didn't even hear that. What is that? Uh, it's um, it's actually the storyline to it is a little similar to it's. It's almost like if you took the 1995 film and then this new Mortal Kombat mm-hmm. and you merge them together into a single story. Uh, it's it's like that. Um, but it's animated. It's very brutal. It takes a lot of cues from the uh, from Mortal Kombat 10 and 11 mm. uh, with the way they have like the the X-ray vision on the brutalities and fatalities and stuff like that. OK. Um, yeah. I mean, definitely check it out. If you like Mortal Kombat, check it out. If you didn't really like the new film, uh, you might like this better. Um, but if you just think Mortal Kombat's a dopey idea. And uh, should have stayed in the 90s where it belonged, you know, then don't bother. Uh, yeah. So with this one, what do you want to do as far as like spoilers? Like what what even institutes a spoiler with a movie like this? <laughs> because for me, I feel like if I say it's good or it's bad, that's already kind of a spoiler. You know, because when you go in to see this movie, you don't want to walk in and, and know that you're going to go watch a bad movie. You know, well, I think I think with this movie, you know um people are people had decided before it even came out whether or not they liked it mm-hmm. um and it, it's not as if there's like anything that is really that spoilerific you know uh it's it's the plot of the movie is pretty straightforward and extremely predictable um so i don't know i guess we do the thing that we tend to do kind of cowardly where we avoid spoilers until we just can't avoid them anymore yeah does that sound good to you yeah that sounds good to me uh okay so uh, let's let's walk through the plot of this movie a little bit uh so the first thing we see in this movie the way i oh no no the first thing we see is this ultra i thought very boring scene that takes place in feudal japan where a pseudo sub-zero fights like a pseudo scorpion kind of character and what I didn't like about it, I will tell you, is that you had the one guy who was playing Scorpion, and he had like a very grounded kind of a power, where he had the power to take like a garden shovel and tie a string to it and then fight with it. That was his power, which is very, yeah. very impressive. And they, and you know, that's just a guy with a garden shovel, you know, that could fight really well. And then the other guy could create ice out of nowhere and stab people with it. And I felt like that it was a very unfair advantage for the Iceman. Yeah, like uh, he was basically fighting Chinese Frozone. <laughs> um, but but yeah, like that's that's kind of where you and I differ because I thought that that opening scene was um, some of the best stuff in the film. Um, like I'll go ahead and give like some quick impressions. The movie I thought was entertaining for what it was. It's definitely not a good movie. Um, if you're a super Mortal Kombat nerd, which I gotta imagine is like a pretty small like uh, fan base, um, you know, not not like it's only a few hundred people. It's probably a few million people, but it's nothing like you have with Marvel, DC, even with King Kong, Godzilla. Uh, it's got to be a smaller fan base than that. But um, you know, it, it's something that if you are already a fan of this, like you're gonna love it. But for pretty much like everybody else, like anybody. 
who remembers the the game, the arcade game from the 90s, you have nostalgia for that. If you have like any kind of like just critical uh, taste for movies, uh, you're going to you're going to see a lot of flaws in this and it's going to it's going to come off as pretty dopey for you. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you said that you watched it some, with some of your friends and you guys are really entertained. Like when I watched it the first time, um, like I, I I was enjoying it. I was laughing at it, um, but, you know, I was enjoying it for what it was. Um, but I feel like there was a lot of potential for it to actually be a pretty good movie. And it needed to do something to where it either went super serious and took that opening scene and did that all throughout the movie, or it needed to like do away with stuff like that and be just ultra ridiculous um, and over the top all throughout. Um, and that, that would have been a lot of fun and pretty entertaining in itself. Um, but I really enjoyed uh, the, the conflict between Sub-Zero and Scorpion even though a lot of that shit didn't make any sense or they didn't explain a lot of things. Um, and then Kano was the best fucking character in the movie besides uh, Hanzo Hashimi. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to give you a pop quiz. Like you'll never believe who the most dynamic character in the whole movie is. And the answer is yes, of course, Kano. Yeah. Uh, which is, and the reason why Kano's character works so well is because like both the actor and the way the character is written, they are very self-aware of what kind of movie that they're in and they're not taking any of this shit seriously. And that's where the movie was the most fun. Yeah. Uh, and I do want to say that I am a fan of Mortal Kombat as far as like, you know, I mean, what is Mortal Kombat? Mortal Kombat is a video game. You know, to me, it's a Sega Genesis 16 bit video game. Cause that's what it was to me. I, Love the first one. You know, I absolutely love the first one when it came out. Uh, the second one, I kind of had a little bit of harsh feelings towards it just because it was like such an expensive game. Like when it first came out, I remember it cost me like 80 bucks at Toys R Us. And I remember just wow. taking it home and uh, and buying it, or buying it, taking it home and playing it and just feeling like, I had this, even then, when I was a young kid, I had these expectations about, you know, what is going to... Sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> was it your cat going crazy? Yeah, something like that. Um, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I remember being disappointed because I wanted, you know, the game to sort of expand the universe of what the game was. And the sec the sequel to the game was so similar to the first one. It's like basically the exact same game again. But yeah, with a they, few they more slightly updated the graphics, added some more characters, added some new settings, you know. Um, you know, and at the time, like, that's, that's the kind of things you could expect from video games. Um, what was really interesting was when they announced they were making the movie. Um, and I feel like when that original movie came out, like that was right about the peak in popularity for Mortal Kombat and, you know, with its cultural relevance. Um, and, uh, you know, I went and watched that in theaters. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was something that I was excited about. Um, uh, but at the same time, like I kind of had this fear that it was going to be cheesy. Yeah. And, you know. When this movie was announced, I was like, yeah, like it makes sense for them to remake Mortal Kombat. It's just kind of like, are they going to do something that is, you know, fun and goofy and, and you know, uh, weird and crazy? Because there's a lot of potential for that with the franchise and all the lore that they built up. Or are they going to do something that like tries to be more serious, like how that opening sequence was? And it seems like they tried to, you know, kind of do a little Johnny Cage split. Yeah. And, you know touch both things at the same time and i think that was a mistake yeah it, it seems like the what happens in the first scene represents like one completely different take on the movie than what kind of happens towards the end uh and i will say that for me once we got to like the middle to towards the end of the movie the movie did pick up and start to get a lot better uh because it was just kind of being silly uh, but there were some characters that were so ill-conceived in the thing, like Shang Sun was so ill-conceived. It was such a such a unjoyful experience to like watch him. 
you know, they should give us a version of Shang Tsung that is interesting. You know, maybe he has like a maniacal laugh or something, or he has some kind of like interest. Like they did in the first movie. Yeah. And, you uh, know, like, like he's, he's like, I'm going to go and suck up all your souls. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, like he was, you know, mustache twirling villain, you know? Yeah. That, that was fun. The, yeah, this, this representation of Shang, Shang Tsung uh, was, was bad. And I don't know if you recognize the actor who played him. Every time he pops up in a movie, like I just, I roll my eyes. Cause I don't think the guy's a good actor at all. I've not seen anything where he has given a good performance. Um, and every time I see him, I just see him as an actor in um, the dark Knight, And it's just like in that movie, like he stood out to me because it's like, this is such an ill fitting character. Why is he here? I don't know. I guess it was kind of the thing of like, let's cast a Chinese actor to get some of them, you know, Chinese bucks. Uh in this movie, it makes more sense to have Asian actors in it because there's that that lore. Um, although, like how authentic it is, I I'm not you know in the right position to say that. But yeah, like uh, Shang Tsung was so boring. Like that's where they really dropped the ball to to make this a more interesting and more entertaining film and to make people more eager to see where like like what's going to come next because obviously they're either setting up like their own kind of like franchise or they're setting up uh you know a, a series um and i think if you want to do that like the best thing that they should have done was to stick with uh the tone that they set and really focus on the the rivalry between um bihan and uh, hanzo uh hasashi you know and the the lin kwai and the uh, Shirai uh, Ryu clans because I have no like I can guess what that was but like did you notice them like explain any of that at all no they didn't I think that's no. stuff that's in the game somewhere like if you read the text or something yeah and and I've, I've got a big problem with stuff like that and this is this is where like you know what what a lot of the 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 people who are defending this movie and it's like, if you like this movie, that's fine. Like, you can like it for whatever reasons that you like it. But there are people that are telling other people that, like, well, you should appreciate it for this. And it's like, look, if I need to go, you know, study supplemental materials to understand, like, the plot and, you know, conflicts that are happening in this movie, then that's that to me is a failure. Um, you know, the the movie should stand on its own. I shouldn't need to go and play you know, hours and hours of like eight different Mortal Kombat games or like go read, you know, several Wikipedia articles to understand like why this character hates this character. Like you need to put that in the film. And like for something as as standard as, well, this guy wants to kill this guy. It's like in five seconds, you can explain why. Uh, yeah, it really seems like they didn't even take the little bit of time it would take to explain like, what does this dude have against this other dude? It's like, I get what Scorpion has against Sub-Zero, you know, because he tried to kill him. Well, not only that, you know, uh, Bihan, like, murders Sub-Zero's family. Like, he's on this mission to, like, wipe out his entire bloodline. And it's like, okay, what did, what did Hanzo do that motivated him to want to do that? That's the conflict. That's what the movie should have been about. Yeah, they, they totally like, skipped The movie wasn't that. even about the Mortal Kombat tournament. They never get to the Mortal Kombat tournament. Like, this is a prequel that just is kind of all over the place. Yeah, that was the absolute worst part about the movie. The fact that there's no tournament. And uh, when I was watching it with my friends last night, they were saying the exact same thing. Like, so when does the tournament start? As we got to the third act, it's like, you know, you're going to love this. <laughs> <laughs> never <laughs> surprise bitch it doesn't yeah no uh you say that's the worst part of the movie like i don't i don't mind that they didn't actually get to the tournaments um but what i did mind is what i think is the worst part of this movie and that's the main character um <laughs> that that actor that actor is just a charisma drain like he has like almost no personality whatsoever mm -hmm. And he really came off like a character that, you know, um, somebody else came in and tried to invent it for something that already had a lot of pre-established lore. And that's because that's exactly who he is. Like he's 
the character of Cole was a pure invention for this movie. He's not based on a previous character. Yeah, and that's the most disappointing thing about the movie, too. Well, maybe everything is disappointing about this movie, I guess. But the single, you're right, the single most disappointing thing about the movie, the fact that you spend the whole time wondering, like, oh, who's this guy going to turn out to be? And it kind of seems like he's going to turn into Scorpion at some point. And it would have been such an easy call to make. All you would have had to do is change that one scene. You remember that one scene where... um, the Hulk comes into the movie all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> that threw me off. I'm like, I'm like, is Goro the fucking Hulk? Yeah. Yeah. The Hulk has a, um, Mark Ruffalo's Hulk has a uh, surprise cameo in this movie. And yeah, uh, they just, they were like, they're like, Hey Marvel, can we borrow your character model? Yeah. Yeah. They just copy and pasted it right from the computer files. Like we'll just reanimate this. However we like to do it. Um, but we'll just, Copy and paste two more arms onto them. Yeah, you know, so basically the heart of this movie is the idea that every Mortal Kombat fighter has a thing called an Arcana, which is like their superpower. And first they have to have the dragon marking, and then once they have the dragon marking, then they can gain the Arcana. Uh, which, I, you know, I thought was so-so. I thought the way that Sonya Blade... Hand, uh, is that her name? Sonya Blade? I thought the way... Yeah, Sonya Blade. I thought the way her... Uh, her or Sonya Exposition, as they ought to call her. Yeah, but her, the way her story played out made the most sense. It's like she gets the the marking, and then immediately she has the power. Like I think that's how it should be. Like getting the marking should be the hard thing to do, but once you get the marking, then you like you have the power. But the idea that you have to like unlock it, you know, all that does is create a lot of scenes that sound exactly like what you think they would sound like, where characters standing around being like, "When's my power gonna come? What's my power?" Yeah, and and the way that they they had it uh, play out with with Kano was was a cool scene, and they didn't really replicate that um, at, with the rest of the characters. No, because with Cole, like his Arcana was getting his ass kicked until <laughs> he basically absorbed the damage and then like was able to to redirect that. Like that's literally like something that they did in um, Black Panther. You know, yeah. Where like you 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 take impacts and then that just builds up kinetic energy that you can then redirect onto your opponent. But like at least in that movie, they explained what was going on. And this, like, they did do some visual storytelling with it, but it was just kind of like I was looking at it, and there were two things that popped in my head watching when uh four-armed Hulk was kicking the shit out of our main character. Um was so basically this guy's superpower is getting his ass kicked. Like that's, that's what his arcana was, <laughs> you know, like Raiden's like, you're good at one thing, getting your ass wrecked. Um, well, they, the, and then the way they set him up from the very beginning is he loses a cage match, an MMA yeah, style cage match. It's like, how can I root? That he was winning. How can I root for a character who can't even beat some random guy off the street? What makes you think he's going to be able to win Mortal Kombat? And then surprise, yeah. you know, he doesn't. <laughs> well, and I, I have a, I have a thought about that. Um, but, but I was going to say the other, the other thing I, I noticed about that was like the movie gave him literal plot armor. <laughs> like, like this character has basically like no reason to exist. They're like, they're like, oh, well, he's he's the descendant of. Um, of uh hanzo and it's like yeah but also so is his daughter and so is however however many other number of people and then like there's no explanation of like is that the reason why he has the dragon mark like is it something that like the descendants of certain people get like there's so much stuff that they just didn't explain and my my thought was um and this is going to get into a little bit of of spoilers here are we okay to do that yeah i'm okay I feel like we are. This is really yeah. the only. This is really the only thing to to spoil in it, and you know, I, I figure most people listening to or watching this already know. But Johnny Cage isn't in the movie, which fine, who cares, whatever. Yeah. But um, I don't understand why we had Cole instead of Johnny Cage. Right. And the only explanation that that anybody's given to me was that the whole idea is that Cole is supposed to go forward and be like this character who in future installments is going to recruit other characters, but it's like, 
that doesn't make any sense. Like Johnny Cage or Liu Kang or literally any other character could serve that function. I don't understand why you had to invent a new character that sucks and not include like a character that's been there since the beginning of the franchise. Well, I, you know, because yeah. the whole thing is, is like Cole is like this washed up fighter whose best days are behind him. That's literally who Johnny Cage's character is. Right. Yeah. They, they really substituted him for no reason whatsoever. Uh, and, you know, it would so. And then they fucking teased him at the end of the movie. Yeah. As sequel bait. That was horrible. And it would be so neat to see Johnny Cage actually done right. Uh, because I just watched the first Mortal Kombat movie, or I watched the first like 20 or 30 minutes of it as a reference. And the way they do Johnny Cage in that movie is also really horrible. Uh, because yeah. you know, the whole thing about Johnny Cage, for those who don't understand this, is that the whole movie Mortal Kombat is, is based on the movie Bloodsport, which stars Jean-Claude Van Damme. And the thing about Jean-Claude Van Damme is that he really pulls off this thing that like he's a movie star and he's like an incredible martial artist. You know, not a whole lot of people have really pulled that off. Like even Bruce Lee, people don't think of Bruce Lee as like a movie star. You know, they think of him as like a, an amazing martial artist, you know, but yeah. Jean-Claude Van Damme in that time period, especially was kind of walking that line of like, Oh, he can actually, he can act. He's a good actor. He's a good, you know, which is not really true, but you know, in that time period, it was like that was kind of you know that was his persona he, he became a box office draw like he was he was almost to the level of schwarzenegger and uh, stallone you know which they were huge action stars going into the 90s and he was kind of positioned to like you know be the next after you know as, as they kind of descended he was ascending um yeah uh, you know, and, and that, that's the whole thing is like the Mortal Kombat game, um, is kind of loosely based on the idea of the, the Kumite, you know, this, right. this secret, you know, tournament that involves people fighting to the death in some cases, um, you know, except, you know, video game Lord has to involve like, you know, evil forces defeating good forces and all that crap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like like Johnny Cage, the character of Johnny Cage was very much based on Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yeah. And like, I don't know. I mean, like maybe you could have got Jean-Claude Van Damme for this movie, which would have been kind of neat. I think um, you definitely I think you definitely could have. I, I think that's the move 100%. 100%. Yeah. I think that's the whole draw of that could be the whole draw of Mortal Kombat. You know, but well, plus it would bring everything back full circle because the character was based on him, and now he's playing that character so many years later. Yeah, and somehow, and this doesn't even matter at all. But you know, somehow he got wrapped up in the Street Fighter franchise, which is just so bizarre because, like, you know, Mortal Kombat is based on him, and he went to do Street Fighter, but no one even remembers that movie. That that movie basically doesn't even really count, but it does exist. Oh, people remember it, and so does people remember. So it, does but... Double Dragon. If you want to see a horrible movie double feature. Now, that's a movie people do not remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, so, uh, but back to the whole thing about Cole. I mean, what they should have done with Cole, I don't think that it should have been about Johnny Cage, though, ultimately. I think it should have been about Scorpion. And they missed that. They missed the mark. Yeah. Like, the two main characters should have been either Scorpion and or Sub-Zero. And, you know, Sub-Zero wasn't really the main villain as much as all that. He was kind of like the, the secondary main henchman, I would say. Or the second to the top henchman. Or the third to the top henchman. Because uh, the chick, was it Melina with the big mouth and the teeth and then Goro? Yeah, and then those guys seemed like worser henchmen than Sub-Zero. You know, it was just like Sub-Zero had more of a stake in the story because his personal connection with uh, with Scorpion, but you know, he just didn't come off to me. As right. like, you know, I don't know. And like, and like, even though they didn't really explain like what the conflict was between um, Hanzo and Bihan, um, you at least understood like there's, there's something there. Like, you know, Hanzo must've had like a past that brought them into conflict conflict. And now Sub-Zero is getting his revenge, which means now Hanzo has got to get his revenge, so on and so forth. But you at least understand that without having everything explained. But there was other stuff like, so Hanzo dies in feudal Japan 
And then his body like immediately turns to ash, um, which I'm like, what's going on here? Like what's, and then, and then Raiden shows up and it's like, well, that did that have something to do with Raiden? Um, did this have anything to do with Mortal Kombat? Like was Mortal Kombat, like, was that something that was going on during this time period? And then it just kind of like jumps to the present time. And now it's like, Bihan is now Sub-Zero working for Shang Tsung. They don't explain any of that. They don't explain how he is essentially immortal at this point, even though they can kill him later on. So it's just like, the fuck is going on? Well, like, why are you leaving all this out? Like, why are you focusing on this shit that's way less interesting than having these two characters, which the actors playing them were great, the fights and everything, like those were the most intense fights in the entire film. That's the best stuff. Focus on the best stuff. Focus on that storyline and how it kind of plays against the backdrop of Mortal Kombat and how that affects, you know, everybody on the, the face of the earth. And instead, it's just kind of this like globetrotting adventure, except they don't really globetrot anywhere. They go from one location to another, and then that's kind of it. And then it's just like, oh, well, now everybody's fighting, but it's not really the tournament yet. And uh, that's the end of the movie. Make sure you come back and see Johnny Cage. Uh, well, the other problem, too, is that the movie has a lot of melodrama with the characters. You know, it starts in the very first scene, all this melodrama between uh, Scorpion's family and Scorpion. And, you know, just like all this like, you know, oh, I love you so much, wife. You're so great. Oh, you're great to me. You know, all this kind of bull crap. And then and sure would hate if anything <laughs> bad happened to you today. Yeah. And then in the present, you've got Han and he's got. Uh, or no, uh, uh, Cole, which, I mean, can you not, I mean, can you, can you just try to create like a new Mortal Kombat character? Like, you know, get a name like Scorpion, Reptile, Sub-Zero, Raiden. I'm not saying that those are easy things to, to come up with, but come up with one. That's your job as the writer. Come up with a character that kind of fits in that world. This guy Cole, he doesn't fit in the Mortal Kombat world at all. You know, you need to create a character that makes me feel like, oh, he could have been in the game. You know, this game has been missing this great character, Cole. You know, I just don't feel like that. I feel like, well, yeah, get him out and, of the and way. And going back to going back to what you said before was that you know you you were kind of expecting Cole to basically turn into the new Scorpion because that is something that is in this movie. Like you have Kung Lao. They tease that. Um, yeah, where he comes out and he's like, I'm the descendant of another Kung Lao. So it's just like, okay, well, then that would make sense that, you know, very obviously um, Cole is a descendant of Hanzo. So it's like Hanzo, like like Cole embodies uh, Hanzo's like strength and abilities and he becomes Scorpion. But that's not what happens. Scorpion comes back and then it's like, oh, we got we got Scorpion and Cole. And it's like, the fuck do we need Cole for then? Why is he even here? <laughs> yeah, and, and Scorpion has the ability to just rise up from hell whenever he wants to, to spoilers, to lose again to Sub-Zero. Doesn't he lose again at the end? Doesn't Scorpion, like, get killed again? No, no, no. He, no, he does, he, he does his, his little fire-breathing um, oh, fatality yeah, that's right, that's right. on Sub-Zero, which that, like, the impact of that was already kind of, like, lessened because just before that, you had Liu Kang do his fire dragon fatality to, to Cabal. And it's just like, I mean, why are you inventing a new character? Uh, because like, I don't know a ton about the games, but I do know that, you know, the few times that they've tried to invent a new character, because originally like Liu Kang was the hero over Mortal Kombat. Um, yeah. You know, both in the game and in the movie, he was the the one who defeated Shang Tsung and went, won, won the tournament and everything. Um, he's, the, he's the Bruce Lee of the game. But, you know, whenever whenever the franchise like kind of hit like uh, uh, a dead end and they're like, oh, we need to kind of like do some reinvention in order to refresh the franchise and keep it relevant. They would invent like a new character. And I know like one of the ones that they invented, people are just like, you know, who, who is this fucking guy? Like he's an idiot. Like he's just kind of fucking things up. Yeah. Um, and he just wasn't that interesting. Like like nothing on the level of, of a Liu Kang or a Scorpion. So like the original like the original favorite characters that everybody liked to play as, you know, those, those are still the most interesting and relevant characters. And 
just it was a very big miscalculation on their part to be like no we need to invent this new character and he's going to be like the face of the franchise and it's like well i mean what they were going for was the idea that you're seeing the world of mortal kombat through this guy's eyes and you know it's not clouded again johnny cage you're 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 relaunching the franchise it's like Johnny Cage makes sense because you could have all these people who are like, I'm the descendant of so-and-so. And, you know, my my uh, great uncle was so-and-so. And like, I've been trained since childhood. And then you have this douchebag American actor come in and be like, well, you know, I had the best box office back in 1994, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and then on top of that, you know, the issue with the Mortal Kombat narrative is that you know, how do you get into it exactly? And the first movie took the same tactic as Bloodsport, which was a good tactic. But the problem is, is that Johnny Cage is not really like the main hero of Mortal Kombat. So if you take the narrative journey from Bloodsport, then you're going to end up with Johnny Cage at the end of the movie as the, as the winner or you know, in a team with the winners, which is what happened in the first movie. And, you know, we've we, first of all, we've been there and done that. And secondly you know, it doesn't really explain the whole Mortal Kombat tournament or the Outworld, you know. And in, in this movie, the way they try to do it is that Sonya Blade is, like, researching Mortal Kombat and with all her research, and she cares so much about this tournament. We don't really know why she cares so much. We don't really know, you know, we don't know how she knows all the stuff that she knows. They, they don't. It's because she like, you know, flat earth and, and QAnon just wasn't doing it for her. But, <laughs> you know, people with these dragon tattoo birthmarks, she was like, she's like, Hmm, I feel like there's something here. And the fake news media isn't covering it. I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Yeah. And then she has, you know, that was like her level of energy. And she has Kano chained up in her house and there's no explanation of like why he's chained up in her house. And then as soon as he gets unchained, they're all like, they're friends. It's like, that wouldn't be my friend. <laughs> yeah. And that was another thing, too. It's like, you know, if you're if you're not going to sit here and do like the whole movie about Sub-Zero versus Scorpion, then at least do like Sonya Blade and Kano and Jax, like like that whole thing, you know, um, which isn't isn't really that original or, or interesting of an idea. But, you know, like what they did instead wasn't that interesting or original of an idea either and it was just kind of this like muddled you know mess of of things to where like you'd have these really cool fun moments and then it would just like kind of drop and sag and then you just like uh i remember one of the things when i watched uh street fighter in the movie theater like that was a super goofy and cartoonish movie but the part of the movie to where like even as i think i was like a 13 14 year old kid I was watching and I was like, okay, this is crap. Was at the end when they have everybody fighting and they kept just jumping, like jump cutting in between fights of characters. And you're just like, you know, going like, okay, what the fuck is going on? You know? And they, they did that a bit here. Um, it was a little bit more coherent, but um, you know, like, you have these characters that you don't really care about fighting against these other characters that you don't even really know. Like there was a guy with a hammer and again, like I haven't really kept up with the game since mortal Kombat three. Uh, so I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. There was some uh, harpy bitch yeah. and uh, <laughs> she gets ridden into like uh, Kung Lao's little uh, bandsaw fatality. And I'm like, Okay, cool. That Kung Lao, and, can I always stop and say that Kung Lao, everything about Kung Lao in this movie was awesome. Like that was the one thing that they got a hundred percent right. Yeah, and that's the character that like he just he gets a uh, 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 they treat him like a bitch. <laughs> like like he doesn't even get to fight Shang Tsung. Like he just walks up to him and he's like, I'm gonna suck you dry. Yeah. And it's like, at least like have them fight, like at least like get him to the point of, of getting defeated. Cause like that, that is canon to the game. Like you don't end up in a fight with Shang Tsung in the game and he just, you know, first move sucks your soul and then you lose, Like you have to fight him. You have to lose two rounds and then he has to do that fatality to you. So it's like, you know, you don't like, like he's the one guy who's actually able to kick some ass 
And then he just kicks a little bit of ass. And then you're just like, yeah, we got to get him out of this movie, though. Like, he's going to make Cole look bad. Well, in, in the first movie, they handled Shang Tsung so much better, I have to say. Because what happens in the first movie is uh, Johnny Cage is on set of his movie. And they're like, hey, you've got a special visitor. And he goes over and it's some like old friend of his that kind of reminds you of somebody of a character from Bloodsport, which is just so funny, but but perfect. And uh, and he invites him to this karate tournament, the Kumite or whatever they call it, or Mortal Kombat or whatever they call it. He invites him to the tournament. And then as the old friend walks away, you know, we do that classic scene where he's walking away and then he slowly morphs into Shang Sun. And it's like, oh, it was Shang Sun that invited him to the yeah. tournament. And it's like, that is better. That's a better which was one of idea. The, which was, yeah, that was that was one of the interesting, you know, character abilities, you know, in the game. Like when you were able to actually play as Shang Sun was you were able to temporarily change it to another character and then it would adopt that character's play style and their moves and stuff. They didn't do any of that in this movie. It was like, literally like he was like drag, like he was glam. Like that was this Shang Tsung was, he was just glam and fabulous. Like he had his, his hair all done. Like, you know, he had his nice, uh, you know, costume that he spent a lot of money on. So he could really turn a lot of heads when he goes to Comic-Con. Yeah. And he's just like, just walks in and he's like, Oh, he's like, instead of like actually playing by the rules, I'm just going to kill all your guys. And there's even like a moment in the film where um, they're in Outworld, which they did like a lazy, a, a real half-assed job of like Very lazy. doing any kind of world building with, with Outworld. Like that's another, that's another, you know, missed opportunity with this film, but he's in Outworld and he's talking to either Molina or Sub-Zero. And he's like, He's like, oh, yeah, instead of just waiting for the tournament, we'll just go and kill all of Earth champions. So that way they have nobody to send and we automatically win. Yeah. And he mentions that, you know, that they could be in a lot of trouble if the elder gods find out about what they're doing. (laughs) But like, it's like, okay, but the elder gods are never seen. There's no like mention of like what the actual like risk is here, like what the penalty is going to be. And so it's just like, why even bring that up? Yeah. And then the one part they were like, Outworld has won nine tournaments in a row. If they win a 10th tournament, <laughs> it's like, why? It's such an arbitrary thing. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the joke that I made. And I was like, I was like, Rayton's doing such a shitty half-assed job of like recruiting like actual champions, making sure that they're properly trained. It's like you know, no wonder they're the fucking Buffalo Bills of the Mortal Kombat tournament. Yeah, it's Raiden's fault. You know, but like he wants to go around we, blaming we, everybody. <laughs> we make the championship every year, but we lose. We always fucking lose. Yeah, Raiden, that's <laughs> that's you. You're the you're the head coach. Yeah, and this is like this is like, look, I don't I don't know who's in charge, like like who's like the team owner or the general manager for like Earth Realm, but you got to get Raiden out of there, man. Like he's like he's good enough to get him there, but you got to find like you got to bring in uh you, you know whoever the phil jackson is of the mortal Kombat tournament to just get him over the top and get him that ring yeah and also it's like you know raiden he's so powerful but it's like why doesn't he like get in there and fight it's like what is he doing yeah and and it's not something that's really explained in the movie because like that's another thing too is like if, if again, you're, you're like me, which I think most people watching this are, and you're just like, yeah, no, I remember the original games in the arcade. I remember the, uh, the original movies. Um, and I'm interested to see like what a modern take of this is going to be like, you know, Raiden's a playable character. Yeah. Raiden competes in the tournament. And so it's just like, there's never any kind of explanation of precisely why Raiden isn't also in the tournaments. Yeah. And it's just like, well, you know, he's like, like, I don't remember if this is actually mentioned in the film or not, but this is coming from another fan. They're like, well, he's the protector of earth realm. It's like, okay, so what does that mean? And then it's like, well, he can't fight in the tournaments. It's like, okay. But like, does that mean Shang Tsung? He can't fight in the tournament. Like, yeah. you know, like, what are the fucking like you got to you got to every single movie, especially something like this, has to explain how its universe works, how the rules work. And this movie does not do any of that. Yeah. And it's like you guys put all this effort into like, you know, creating some really good effects, 
you know, it's not the best fight choreography ever, but like, especially the stuff between, um, you know, the actors who played Bihan and Hanzo and Scorpion Sub-Zero, you know, like that, those fight sequences were really good. Uh, there were some other fight sequences that were pretty good, um, you know, but not great. And it's like, you guys put in all this effort, but like, you just kind of, you know, you, you farted out uh, a first draft on this and then never went back in and said, maybe we should clean this up or maybe we need to come up with a better storyline. Maybe we need to get rid of this terrible character Cole that we invented and just focus on, you know, Scorpion and Sub-Zero. Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, I, I think I know exactly what they should have done here. Uh, what they should have done was instead of taking the blood sport angle of, you know, the Earth Realm people going to the Mortal Kombat tournament, what they should have done is focus on how do characters like Sub-Zero and Scorpion end up at the Mortal Kombat tournament, you know? Exactly. And how do they go from feudal Japan to modern day fighting in, you know, for Earth Realm? Yeah. Well, I mean, for, for both parties involved, the most important Mortal Kombat tournament possibly ever yeah because this is the one that wins it all yeah and then once they're there then they see characters like Jax and and johnny cage and you know you can see those characters and fight with those characters and even lose to those characters if that's what needs to have happen but just give me the perspective of who is sub-zero you know who is scorpion and this explanation of who they were i found to be very unsatisfying you know, because even a guy like Scorpion, who we're supposed to be rooting for because he had his family brutally murdered and he himself was brutally murdered and then he came back from hell. It's like, I still don't know anything about him to, right. to like him. Because that was that was one of the things that was confusing for me was it was like, OK, the way you're portraying the character is that he's a loving family man, you know, who's trying to to teach his kid rights and trying to be a loving husband to his wife he's got a new baby and everything and then he comes in and he gets murdered by you know these guys that are brutal assassins yeah and he goes to hell and it's just like <laughs> yeah okay like explain this to me yeah and and it's and it's almost something to where like the more you start to think about it the more you're like maybe maybe hanzo is not a good guy and like maybe he kind of deserved it um, you know, cause it's like, he had to have done something fucked up that, uh, you know, Bihan traveled all the way to Japan, which at that time, I'm sure wasn't an easy trip to make, hunted him down, murdered his family, was going to kill a defenseless baby if he could have found it. Um, and you know, beat this guy to death. And it's just like, did he like molest like Bihan's kid or something like that? <laughs> like yeah. he had to have done something because when he died, like his body didn't even get a chance to decompose. Like literally like hell burned him to ashes and took him away. Yeah. Well, see what should have happened is instead of him going to hell, you know, he should have gone to whatever fictional place the characters go to in Mortal Kombat when they die. You know, where like Shang Sun is like the, you know, they go to Outworld or whatever. And Shang Sun is like the devil of Outworld. And he's like, now I have got your soul and like done that kind of thing. And, you know, maybe maybe uh, Scorpion is fighting for his own freedom. Like if he wins the tournament that he can, you know, he can be free of his like shackles to Shang Sun, like something cool like that. Like how hard is that? See, it's funny that you say that, because remember what I was talking about, the animated film Scorpion's Revenge? Yeah. That's... You pretty much just describe the plot of it. Oh, that's exactly what happens. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. Like it, it starts off like uh, he's walking around. Scorpion's walking around with his son. Um, he's teaching him like little life lessons and stuff. And then Sub Zero shows up. Hey, little and frog! Fucking get over here! Murders. Yeah, <laughs> he murders. He murders Sub Zero's or he murders uh, Hanzo's son, and then murders Hanzo. And then Hanzo, like you know, comes to in basically hell, and he starts fighting off all these demons. And instead of Shang Sun, it's um, Goro. the guy that came after uh, Shao Kahn. Um, Shao Kahn. Shit, I can't remember his name. I thought that was. Yeah, uh, I thought that was uh, the Jungle Book. No, no, uh, you're thinking Shere Khan. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> no, so so <laughs> Shao Kahn is uh, Shang Tsung's boss, but then there's another guy that like came along in like Mortal Kombat Four or whatever, um, and uh, 
that guy in Scorpion's Revenge, he's basically like the overlord of the hell that Scorpion's being tortured in. And he, you know, shows off. He's like, look, you can't. He's like, I control everything here. You can't do anything to me. He's like, if you want to get out of here, though, if he's like, if you want to get your, your revenge on Sub-Zero, represent me in the Mortal Kombat tournaments. And then he sends them to Outworld or wherever the hell it's happening mm-hmm. and uh, does that. And it's just like, man, like you guys had this animated movie, like just take that story and do it live action here. Yeah. Totally. And instead it's like, we'll take a little bit of that and then we'll just add in nothing but dog turds. Yeah. And some of the casting was, was so bad. I've got to say, cause I was talking about how great the casting was for Kung Lao and everything about Kung Lao was great, but for as great as everything was with Kung Lao, like it was so bad for Liu King. Like the actor they cast was so bad, he just he didn't look like Liu Kang, you know. I mean, well, I, I didn't think the guy who played Kung Lao looked like Kung Lao. No, like, that was one of the things. He didn't like, I remember look like him, but he the the his mannerisms and the way they animated his hat and his movements and everything, like it just it was awesome. I thought it was awesome. I loved it. And like his intro where he came in from the bottom, like one of his moves in the game, like that's what I want to see as a fan of Mortal Kombat. I want to see Raiden shooting lightning. I want to see, I mean, I, I didn't see Sub-Zero shoot one like icy fireball at anybody. No, like, like he did, he did the move where he made an ice silhouette, but that was one of the things I was talking back uh, about. And I went back and rewatched the entire movie just to make sure I didn't miss anything. But yeah, he never does, you know, it's, it's, his most famous move, yeah. like someone's jumping at him and he just yeah, freezes, freezes them midair. Yeah. And it's like, that would be such a cool thing. You guys obviously have the technology, like they did it in the original movie, yeah. Like, but it looks like shit. Like most of the special effects in that movie look terrible. Yeah. This movie, it's like, you got the budget, you got the technology, like you have the ability to do these things and they just drop the freaking ball so many times. And then, wh- and that, that, that gets frustrating because, one of the things I had said about this movie was I watched it the first time, like immediately when it got released on HBO, mm-hmm. uh, we watched it. And that was because my girlfriend really, really wanted to watch it. Mm-hmm. We watched it. We're laughing like we're having a pretty good time. And then, like, when I started talking to you and to other people about it, I was like, I feel like if I go back and rewatch this movie, I'm going to really start to hate it. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much exactly what happened, because there are things that started to stick out to me. There's stuff that. I want it to be in there and it's just like just completely missing. And when you go back and rewatch it, that's when you start to notice this stuff. One of the things I want to point out, I thought this is really funny. Um, and I wonder if you noticed it, but uh, you're familiar with, uh, with the term Chekhov's gun, right? Yeah. In this movie, they do Chekhov's gnome. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I caught that the second time. <laughs> I didn't catch that the first time. Yeah, the second time it's like, oh, Kano's, you know, Kano classically always has that issue with garden gnomes. And I think I think garden gnome is in the game somewhere. But that's the kind of Easter egg that I don't enjoy. You know, yeah, the kind of Easter eggs I enjoy are seeing the moves from the game, but done by real people and where the effects are really cool and where the story is effective. And I'm enjoying the characters like that's what I want to see. You know, that is what I want to see. You know, you yeah, got to have some characters that I'm interested in. I care about their story. Just give me a simple goal that they're supposed to achieve and where I'm rooting for them. And then give me some fight sequences where a guy throws a spear and shouts, you know, get over here, you know, get over here, you know, show me a scene where, uh, you know, an Iceman freezes somebody in midair. Uh, I do love the idea of inventing new stuff with their powers, but you got to cover the basics of showing me the old stuff with their powers first before you give me the new stuff with their powers because you haven't even done that yeah. yet. You know, but the, what they did with Kung Lao, like freeze that and expand that into a whole movie because that was perfect. Like the scene where he's spinning up from the ground, he comes in, he throws his hat around. Uh, the the one where he's the saw blade with his hat. Everything from Kung Lao was awesome. They nailed that. They that whatever that was. They nailed it. You know, f- uh, yeah. For Liu Kang, my big issue was that the actor they hired the first time in the first movie was perfect. And, yeah, and that was the most perfect piece of Mortal Kombat casting in the history of Mortal Kombat so far. And 
when you can't replicate that, it's going to be a letdown. You know, and that's that was the problem with this. You know, the guy just didn't look like the character. You know, I don't know how the character is supposed to act exactly, but he didn't look like the character. And then he didn't he didn't do the bicycle kick, which I get it because they already totally did that in the first movie. But it's like stuff like that. I just I want to see it. I mean, maybe I'm stupid. Yeah, but I want to see I don't, it. I don't even know that he did like his uh, I, I forget what you'd call it, but like he. You know he has a he has a special kick. It's not the bicycle kick. But yeah, like, like he the, just comes flying. At yeah, the, I don't even the flying kick. No, he didn't do that. He didn't do yeah. like he didn't do the fireball like clap. He didn't do any of his like classic moves. Uh, he did the fire dragon, which was which was good. I didn't love the way that it looked. I definitely thought it could have been better, but you know it's from the game, so I, it was cool. Yeah, and and the problem is is that you you have all these characters but you don't really take any time to kind of develop them besides, um, you know, what they did for Cole, which he was boring. I didn't give a fuck about him. Like those are the parts of the movie really dragged was every time it was really focused on Cole and, and like half the movie, he's just kind of like, Oh, I keep getting my butt kicked. And I, I just want to go home to my family. And like, Raiden literally tells him, he's like, bitch, there you go. Go home. Get <laughs> yeah. out of here. Like, yeah. it's like, this is your hero for your movie. This is this guy is your hero. Uh, yeah. So like he's the only one that really had any kind of character development. They did it a little bit for Sonya and Jax, but it's like, you know, other than what you see on the screen, you don't really know much about them, except Jax did six tours and he still got his ass kicked. So whatever. Yeah. And then you you had Kano and um you know, he just that that actor like really kicked ass with that role. Um, and so that's not really a lot of credit to the writers. And it's just like I know people are are going to like hear someone say like, oh, well, you didn't really develop the characters. So I didn't really give a shit about them. And they're like, well, it's a movie called Mortal Kombat. Like, do you really want them to develop the characters? And it's like, yeah, yeah, if you're going to do the story this way, you need to develop the characters. So I care when something happens to them. I'm like, otherwise, if you're not going to develop the characters, like have crazy fights, like show us all the special moves. Like if you're going to do the fan service of having, you know, Kano yelling, Kano wins. And, you know, uh, Kano wins. Kung Lao going, you know, flawless victory, like goofy shit like that, that like flawless literally victory. stops the movie down to, to reference it. It's like, if you're going to do stuff like that, like just make it like a live action adaptation of the game. Like literally, like, yeah. it's like, okay, this guy's going to fight this guy now. And you just look at him and you're like, okay, that's Jax. And that's, you know, Baraka. Like, you know, I Baraka's got sword arms. Yeah. You know, Jax has got robot arms. Yeah. And they they didn't do that. It's like they half-assed the character development and they didn't give us enough good fights. Yeah. And two things I want to say before we get off here. Make sure we say. All right. One thing is uh, the way they opened up with Cole. Uh, well, a couple things about Cole because we haven't really said this stuff yet. First of all, you know, the first time we meet Cole... He's got this trainer that's like giving him a hard time and the trainer says to him, oh, an opponent? No, you don't have an opponent. You know, who am I fighting? A fight? No, a fight. That requires offense and defense, Cole. Something you don't know anything about. It's like, okay. And how does that, what does that mean? And how does that like ever come back into the story? And it doesn't because he does spend the whole time on defense. Like he's never an offensive character. You know, his only offensive thing is in the first one second of his fight, he throws like 10 great punches. He's like, ta, 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 ta. And, and I'm kind of like, whoa, this dude's a badass puncher. Like, cool. Like, I'll watch a, I'll watch a movie with a badass puncher. That looks awesome. That looks totally like a video game. That looks like Mortal Kombat. That kind of had me hyped a little bit. And then he immediately loses to the guy, and then he spends the whole rest of the movie in defense mode, getting his ass kicked time after time after time after time. And he never is an offensive character. So that, that line never made sense to me. Uh, and then the other thing I want to say is, uh, what was up with Jax's baby arms? Oh my God. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Cause I was going to bring it up that <laughs> I, I, like that was you know, you the see him weirdest get his arms, thing. Like that was, that was one of the things is like, you know, the, the first second, like he like showed up and he's like, he's like, Hey Cole, get in the car. <laughs> You know, um, you're, you're just like, this motherfucker is getting his arms ripped off. Like, you're just sitting there waiting. You're like, when is going to happen? And then they don't even actually do that. Like, Sub-Zero freezes his arms off, which 
yeah, kind of a kind of a cool effect. I was okay with that. Like, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, I've already seen you turn people into popsicles. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but like you get to, you get to the Shaolin temple and it's just like, okay, like there he is without his arms. When is he going to get the arms? Yeah. And then the next time you see him, he's got these dinky ass <laughs> little arms. And man, that scene where he's like trying to hit the punching bag. <laughs> he's like, these don't work. These little baby arms don't work. It's so stupid. That shit was so hilarious. And then it was like, it was like, oh, okay, his arcana is now he's got full on robot arms. But it's just like, was that what his arcana was always going to be? Was, you know, he was going to go in there and start training. And then just one day his, his regular arms are going to turn into robot arms. Or like, was that like a response to it's like, well, we were going to give you like a different power, but you ain't got no arms. So I guess robot arms let me let me give it let me do an instant rewrite on what they should have done go back to the scene where he's fighting sub-zero sub-zero freezes his grabs with his arms he freezes his arms all the way off his arms break off and then right then and there new robot arms like grow while his like tattoo thing is like glowing and he's like oh that's my power you know because Jax has kind of an unexplained power like there's sort of an untapped potential to Jax's character because we don't really understand why does he have robot arms anyway. So, you know, kind of gives you this idea, like maybe if he gets his leg chopped off, he'll grow a robot leg. You know, who, who knows what's going to yeah. happen? You know, it kind of gives you an untapped potential, you know, somewhere to go with that character. Uh, you know, that's what they should have done. Uh, but, but it didn't make any sense that he magically made it to the same place where everyone else had to, like, trek to. It was that same thing from like Godzilla versus King Kong, where it's this big perilous journey for them to get to the Shaolin Temple, and then once they get there, Jax is already there. It's like, well, couldn't we have just rode with Jax? Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, like, like it was, it was just, it was, it was stuff that the writers were just like, oh, nobody's gonna really think about this, and it's just like, well, I mean, we're the couple of assholes who will think about that and like question it, and so yeah, it's. You know, it's like, don't half-ass it like this. Like, give the fans more, um, you know? Because if you're, if you're just going to kind of just make shit up, don't call it Mortal Kombat, you know? Like, they're calling it Mortal Kombat because they want that Mortal Kombat money. They want the Mortal Kombat fan base to, to come out for this. And it's like, okay, if you want them, reward them for coming out. Like, give them stuff. And, um, yeah, like, just the Jax thing so weird so bizarre like all of it like outside of kung lao um you know sub-zero and scorpion like the rest of it like just fell way way short well i have to say um, jacks as his full like robot arm jacks i did like i felt like that was a good representation of jacks and that actor was he, he kind of turned in like a, a michael jai white style performance but ultimately that's who they should have got like they should have had michael jai white and I, I don't know maybe they just weren't offering you know enough like michael jai white like i know that he played uh jacks in the uh the mortal kombat web series so that that's already kind of established like he looks the part and everything it's like you know, get that guy. Cause like the actor they got, I think, uh, uh, McCod Brooks is his name. Mm. Like he was fine, but like, literally you're looking at him and going like, yeah, but I wish this is Michael J white, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and the thing I was thinking is that, uh, I, I learned that Casper Van Dien in season two of the web series, he played, uh, uh, Johnny cage. And like, that's one of those things. I mean, there's a ton of actors that, that kind of fit this mold of just like, at one point they're kind of a big deal and now they're they're kind of a joke and like you know he fits that pretty well if 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 uh jean-claude van damme was you know 20 years younger he would be so perfect i think he could still play the role like you know i've seen jcvd both the movie and the the uh amazon series mm -hmm. and it's like you know he can still get out there and act and everything he's still got some physicality um but you know like there's so many like perfect faces for this. And instead they were just kind of like, well, here's a bunch of people. If you're into like certain martial arts films you've heard of, but you know, outside of that, that, you know, sub fan base, like the rest of us are just looking at it and going like, who, who's this? Yeah. And I have to admit, I never played the later Mortal Kombat games. You know, I, I checked out uh, before three even came out. 
it was two kind of in the time it rubbed me so much the wrong way that three i was just like i can't go in there and do it again i can't spend this money again for the same game again uh, i did love the mortal Kombat mythologies sub-zero game though i played that on playstation one love that game it definitely was kind of a buggy ass game kind of a weird game but I, I ultimately i really liked it i liked like the puzzle solving i liked the fighting you know small little bad guys a lot of them instead of fighting like one big boss to me, that was like the natural evolution of of Mortal Kombat, you know, fighting some yeah. some little guys, kind of maybe doing a little platforming. Uh, you know, that's what I wanted Mortal Kombat two to be for whatever reason. I don't know why I thought that that that's what it could have been, or like a story mode of that could have been. Uh, but you know, three I checked out of. I never played four. I never played Mortal Kombat X. Uh, I was trying to play it with my friends last night because he has it on his Xbox, uh, but it he had to re-download it and then it needed an update and it was like oh no this is gonna take hours to be able to play oh yeah fucking new video games man (laughs) (laughs) it's like say what you will about sega genesis but i mean at least you can just pop the cartridge in turn it on and now you can play it it's like yeah well i mean that's that's if you still you know can get yourself a working sega genesis like uh not not to get too off subject but like that's one of the sad things about retro video games it's like a lot of those original a lot of those uh original consoles like eventually they're gonna stop working because like their capacitors are gonna get worn out i mean you, you can always have somebody who actually knows how to fix those things fix them or just buy like a you know like they they have the updated versions you know where they're not from sega or nintendo but they'll play you know genesis super nintendo games stuff like that you can always do that um but yeah like like modern video games um dude it's it, it's amazing that they they still manage to make like good decent new games because it's so much it's actually so much worse than uh movie production because movie production you'll put you know uh millions of dollars into a movie and you have to get all these different people involved from your writers to your producers to your cast to your crew to your editors you know post-production and everything and that that can absolutely fail on you um to the point to where the movie never even gets released and you just dump millions of dollars into it like it's it's part of a financial strategy for movie studios to literally like say like you know what we're writing off this movie as a $30 million, $120 million loss. Um, but with video game franchises, I mean, those things, you need massive teams, people working like 60 hours a week sometimes, mil- hundreds of millions of dollars of investment and years of development for a game that like, I don't know if you've heard of Cyberpunk 2077. Mm-hmm, I've heard of it. But like, Yeah you'll have a game that will come out and doesn't even function. Are the police you know, like, coming for you right now? What's going on? Yeah. Are you, yeah, uh, no, are you I, wanted, they're, man? They're, they're about to spawn behind me. And just... <laughs> well, let's, let's, uh, let's close up this review. We're at a, we're at an hour now. What's, what's your final thoughts here? Well, what I wanted to sit here and say was uh, you, you had mentioned earlier, like a pretty good triple feature of the original Mortal Kombat street fighter. And then what was the other one that you said? Double dragon. Um, Double Dragon, yeah. That that could be a pretty fun uh, triple feature to watch. What is the triple feature you would do with this movie? Uh, let's see. With this one, I'd I'd want to watch a real like uh, a real kung fu, a real good kung fu movie. So I would watch this one, and then I would watch Ung Bak. Did you ever see that one? Uh, Thai Warrior, I think it's called. I've seen I've seen uh, parts of it, but I've I've never seen it all the way through. This actor in that is uh, Tony Jaw, and he's kind yeah. of he's kind of like a Jean Claude Van Damme. I don't know if he's still around. I don't even know. Maybe he's one of the guys in this movie, and I just didn't recognize him. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, he would he should have been in this movie. He would have been incredible. I mean, I think he would have been a, a smarter choice. I don't even know who they cast for Liu Kang. I would sound really stupid if it was Tony Jaa in that part. Uh, Ludi Lin is his name. Ah. And he's from something. I mean, like, the the guy who played Cole, um, I think his name is Michael uh, Michael Tan. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, he was, he was in a couple of other, like, films or series that people were like, oh, yeah, no, he's pretty good. But, I mean, I can't tell from this. Yeah. Um, 
I was going to say, all right, okay, well, what's what's your third one? The third one, one would be uh, Kira Kurosawa's uh, Seven Samurai to go with the uh, feudal Japan. So we can uh, see how that <laughs> see how that's done the right way. See, but, but I feel like with if you do that, you're going to have some real problem with like, you know, drop off in quality. Where like it's, it's like you got a couple of really good films and then just down to Mortal Kombat. But maybe you're like drinking or smoking as everything's going along. By the time you get to Mortal Kombat, like you just don't give a fuck anymore. I was going to say I, I, I want to be a little bit more consistent with the quality of the of the movies. Go ahead. So um, my triple feature is uh, Mortal Kombat. Um any Resident Evil movie after the first one, so two through six, I think, because mm. it doesn't matter. You can fucking pop in at any point. And then um, I think Tony Jaw's most recent movie um, is it's it's one with uh, Nicolas Cage, and I'm trying to make a triple feature with a movie that I don't know the name of it. Um, nice. But. Smart. Uh, but yeah, it's it's kind of it's a little bit of like Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. uh, but basically like Tony Jaw, Nicolas Cage, and a few other uh, actors have to fight an alien that shows up on Earth. So it's like a mix of like Mortal Kombat and Predator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this movie came out last year, like during the pandemic, and it's and it's pretty it's pretty nuts. From what I understand, we'll, we'll have I think to, that'd be a pretty fun triple feature to do. We'll have to look that one up. Uh, let me wrap up my thoughts. Um, I definitely the first time I watched this movie, I thought it was very bad. Uh, but then I watched it again with my friends. We were having some drinks and we were all, you know, we were all making jokes because we're all funny people. We all know how to make each other laugh. So it's like I was laughing at the jokes my friends were making, but I was laughing, you know, so it made it made it a much easier like pill to swallow. And they both enjoyed it, you know, because they just had that same experience I had, which was, you know, enjoyable experience hanging out with your friends and you know, watching a stupid yeah. movie. Uh, but the movie on its own is not a good movie. You know, it's it's it tries to be one thing at the very beginning and then spends the whole movie running in the opposite direction. And both are bad, you know. Uh, when I think Mortal Kombat, I just I don't think feudal Japan. Like, I, I get what you're doing with that. And I don't think it's like ridiculous, but it's just it's not Mortal Kombat. You know, it's like it's like you take what Mortal Kombat is and if you can't do the special effects, then you would do the feudal Japan thing. But when you can do the special effects, it doesn't really make sense. And then when you fuse in the Sub-Zero's powers are there in feudal Japan, but Scorpion doesn't have his power. It's like it really it just doesn't make sense. You know, it's just and it's not enjoyable to see the guy that you're rooting for get beat by an icicle man. You know, he's doing that cold, like, Jet Li look the whole time where he's like, hmm. Went to the Jet Li school of acting. Uh, reminds me of Jet Li from uh, Lethal Weapon 4. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, you know, it's just, it's not a good movie. And, uh, but it definitely is not nearly as good as King Kong versus Godzilla. Uh, it's it's disappointing in the same kind of way that the Justice League was, but just not as long. Um but I could I could recommend that you watch this if you have some friends that like Mortal Kombat and you guys oh that's the perfect triple feature actually is to play the game Mortal Kombat before and after watching the movie and then uh, you know you just you gotta watch the first Mortal Kombat that's all there is to it you watch the first Mortal Kombat you watch this one and then you watch the Scorpion's Revenge movie because so apparently yeah. that one is actually kind of decent but uh, all right I'm gonna. Uh, I'm going to call it a uh, call it a day on sequelitis. And uh, thank you guys for watching. I'm Matt. And I'm Manny. And finish him. This has been Mortal Kombat. Finish him!